Hey, y'all, you're listening to the first episode in our Summer of Mentorship series. It's a conversation I had with Vicki Kraft. Every human relationship has the potential for disappointment. Mm. Every human relationship. Mm. That husband that you adore and think has made you, you know, just made you complete. You know, a few years down the road, he's going to say, I don't love you anymore. Right. And so if you believe that and believe that no one loves you anymore, you can see what would happen to you. But when you have the love of Christ and the absolute assurance of his faithful keeping of you, then you're going to say, well, you have this under control. Mm. You are sovereign Mm. and you know it's happening and you're going to take me through it. This conversation with Vicki originally aired in May of 2015. And a few months after it went live, uh, Vicki went to go be with her Savior. And she is in his presence now, um, fully restored. But I'll tell you, after I recorded this back in that May of 2015, I got in my car and I wept. It felt like a holy experience. It felt like I was had visited with a saint. Uh, she seemed to be both here in this world, but also with one foot towards heaven and just grounded in a confidence and a savior who had been so faithful and sovereign in uh, her life. I chose this episode to be the first in our series of six for the summer of mentorship. Talk about a lot of S's, 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 S's. Uh, because in my last interview with Kat Armstrong, we talked about motherhood, career, and identity. And Kat talked about calling versus assignment. And I feel that Vicki is an example of that. She has been faithful to the calling to be a follower of Christ, but her assignment has been oh so different, so many parts of her life. And I even learned some of them after I did this interview. Uh, During her funeral, I discovered that her parents were actually Syrian refugees in a time when we're talking about uh, whether America should allow refugees to come into our country. It's just really interesting to me to think back of what if, <laughs> what if Vicki's parents hadn't been allowed to find sanctuary here in the States. Uh, Vicki's father passed away when she was seven. Uh, her mom was a single mom. Vicki went on to a chiropractic school and that's where she met her husband. She raised five children as a stay-at-home mom. She also then went on to seminary in her 50s. She wrote three books on women's leadership, started a Titus II ministry. She was our first women's minister at our church and has mentored so many women that have mentored me. Tell you what, it's just, it's such an inspiration to me to see how she followed God leads, God's lead in all those different parts of her story. I know you're going to be inspired by what she has to say, and I've included in the show notes for this episode, if you go to godcentermom.com, you can see the show notes for this episode, some discussion questions. So if you are hosting a GCM podcast club, this would be a great time to invite a mentor to your group uh, to find those questions right there and, you know, hang out, talk about what Vicki has to share, some thoughts. She has shared some great thoughts on marriage, on studying God's word, on obedience, Amazing, amazing stuff. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Y'all, I'm not on Skype. I'm actually sitting side by side with Vicki in her daughter's home and your home. Your home. Okay. And, uh, you know, y'all, I've had so many guests on this show who are from my church, who are wise women. I know you've enjoyed Leslie and Chris and just 
Nancy, so many fabulous ladies. And there's a, oh, and um, Vila. So many women in our church that take the time, make the time to speak into my life and to be wise counsel. And it's a lot of it is because of Vicki's leadership. She used to be our women's minister. She um, has a heart for Titus 2, which is the command. What is that command? Well, the command is that the older women are supposed to model godly living mm-hmm. and teach it and train the younger generation. And you're doing that. I mean, <clears throat> every every Monday morning? Is that when? Monday morning, Tuesday morning. <laughs> yeah. You invite women into your home? Yes. Regularly? Regularly. But then I go to another home. Uh, yeah, on Tuesday. And uh, it's just such a blessing to see these women really want to come. Mm-hmm. It always amazes me that they they love God's Word and they want to know more about it. And they want to sit at your feet. Well. And, li- and, and they, learn godly living. Yeah. 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 And I mean, they'll, <laughs> I know friends of mine that are do whatever they can to get out of the house to make yeah. it in time and make it a priority yeah. of their week. Mm-hmm. And those women, I've seen the trans. I mean, Chris Havishi, which y'all, I've had her on the show. Just how God's worked in her life over it's, the years, the transformation, and not. I mean, she was at a good place before, and she yeah. just keeps growing, yeah. and it's such a testimony to your ministry. So, well. It's really a testimony to the Spirit of God working mm. through the Word of God mm. through very flawed people. <laughs> <laughs> like you were saying, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, none of us mm-hmm. are none of us are perfect. Nobody's ever going to be perfect this side of glory. Mm. But even the bad things and the sad things in life, God uses mm. because then we can. Tell others how God helped us and Mm -hmm. how he brought us through. Mm -hmm. So that's why he says in James, welcome trials, Mm -hmm. because it brings you to maturity. Mm -hmm. And then in Corinthians, that the comfort God gives you, you can comfort someone else with. Yes. So he doesn't waste our our troubles. Yes. And and that's another reason I love podcasting, sharing people's stories, is don't waste that pain. Right. Don't exactly. waste the pain of yeah. what you've been through and tell yeah. the story. Tell the good news of yeah. the gospel and working out in your life. Yes. I love yeah. that. Well, your life has been full, and we thought we'd have you on here to chat about what you have learned in your life. And I don't think you want to share your age, but maybe. Oh, I do. You I don't mean, mind? You don't yeah. mind? All right. Well, how old are you? I'm 87. 87. And so in 87 years of living. That should give me some credibility. <laughs> I think yeah. so. I I think so. That's why I asked you to chat with me. So what's what what's one of the things you've learned in eighty seven years? Well, the first I think that I'd like to emphasize is that God's word is the only sure foundation for life. Mm. Uh, anything else will crumble, mm. but God's word uh, is truth. And because it's truth and God is faithful, we can count on it. 
Mm. And it's the only thing that we can really, really count on. Mm. Because the the culture is changing and they're redefining everything and mm. and distorting the meaning of words and the meaning of God's word. Mm. And if we don't know it, mm. we're going to be floundering around in the darkness. Mm. How would you suggest a young mom listening who sees her Bible sitting there, but she doesn't feel like she knows God's word? What What would be her first step? Well, of course, I think we should... It just It's just like food. Mm. We should have a daily intake of it. Mm. But that's really not quite enough because most people don't know how to study it right. or how to, and this is the main thing, how to make applications from it. Mm. When you read something, God just doesn't want our head filled with facts. Mm. He wants us to listen for his voice of conviction mm. and apply it to some area of our life that needs it. Yeah. And faith and obedience go together. Um. Uh, in fact, they're almost synonymous. If we have faith in God and his word, we're going to obey it. Yeah. yeah, You know, it's not enough to say, well, I read my Bible or I go to a Bible church or None of those things. Just believing. Believing. What is it, the verse that says, even the demons believe? Yes, yeah. And, and the they, difference is... They tremble and we don't. <laughs> and if we don't tremble and if and if we... And, and they're not applying God's word to their of life course. and making changes. Yeah. So if we want to be different from the demons, yeah. Yeah. one of those differences is applying and obeying. And obeying, God's yeah. Word. Uh, I trusted the Lord when I was about... 10, okay. I think. And uh, I knew that he was my Savior and my Lord. I knew he had died for me. Uh, and in John 10, Jesus says, no one will pluck me out of his hands, mm. that he gives me eternal life. And he gives us that life the moment we trust him. It's yes. not until we die. It's not when we it's die it. that eternal life starts. Right. That is my biggest. We're, yeah. we're, we're in it. We're in it. Yeah, we're yeah. in it. Yeah. And nothing I can do will make God love me more mm. or love me less. Mm. But the way my life will work is if I am faithful and obedient. I don't have to do this to stay saved, but to grow in my faith. Mm. You know, there's a big difference. Yeah. When you know that you're safe in his hands, then you're not doing things to earn salvation. Mm. You already have it. But you want to grow and mature into a strong, faithful woman. Mm. And uh, there's no other way mm. than the intake of his word and the application of it to our lives and then obedience. Well, so someone's doing their daily intake and they're just kind of reading some verses here or there, but they're not really studying. You would say, find a study, find someone to guide you through. Yeah. Sunday's not enough. Yeah. Uh, you need to get together with other women who study. And that's one reason I think these small groups that meet for various reasons ought to be intergenerational. Uh, I agree. They shouldn't be a whole bunch of young people. Here, in the, the blind leading the blind. The blind yeah, <laughs> they're all sharing ignorance. Yes. No. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. But they should have at least one mature believer yeah. who can 
uh, encourage them and mm-hmm. correct them if necessary. It's, but, it's hard to correct your peers. I've been in those you know, Bible right. studies where people start <clears throat> coming, they're not doing their study, and they're less likely to listen to you right. than if I was 20 years older right. and exactly. they admired or respected yeah. my opinion. So I, I think that yeah. a study like that with uh, at least one or two older women mm. uh, is much more effective. Because <clears throat> from our standpoint, we're not judging. We're not, you know, making them feel worse than they feel already. Right. Yeah, but yeah. we can help them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, a confidence yeah. that I would have in someone who's been there and yeah. done that. Yeah. yeah. But... Always be sure that what they tell you is is right with you. is In consistent line. with the word. Yeah, because sometimes you can get bad advice, but yeah. you need to be sure that what the scripture says is exactly what this person is saying. Mm-hmm. Hmm. In other words, being old is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a wise word. Okay, so God's word is the only sure foundation for life. What would be your second insight. Well, I, I wanted to point out with yeah. this one that not only is God's word true, but God is faithful. Mm. My father died when I was seven. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And there was no insurance and no Social Security. In fact, it wasn't even enacted until a year later. Oh, my goodness. And my mother had two little girls to raise. And she said, God is a father to the fatherless and a husband to the widow, and he will take care of us. Now, that was 80 years ago, and he's Mm. been faithful all those 80 years. Mm. It's just amazing. Mm. We were very poor, but we didn't know it. Yeah. (laughs) Because we we knew God was taking care of us. Mm. We just believed her. Mm. And uh, she had faith in her faith. Faith in her faith. And she died when she was 80 and was able to live right to the end independently. And my sister uh, was with the Navigators for over 50 years, had a wonderful ministry, died four years ago. Mm. And I've been in uh, ministry for more than half my life. So God... If he he knew, he he had the whole plan. He had the whole plan. And he was faithful right to the end. Mm. And it's great to look back from this vantage point and see that early faith nurtured by my mother Mm. was true. Yeah. was true. She could have Mm. that eternal perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I think I read something. um, God called Gideon a man of valor before he was. Exactly. He, fact, sees our, he sees our future self. Exactly. Not our past. Yeah. And we need to remember that. Yeah. 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 He saw Vicky when you were a seven-year-old. He saw you as an 87-year-old yeah. at the same moment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. God is faithful. It's faithful. So what else? Yeah. <laughs> Can well, you bring it. Bring it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think one of the things that we don't understand is we all have a longing for significance. Oh, yes. And a Mm. longing for the security of unconditional love. Mm. And they are legitimate longings. Mm. They're not some selfish kind of thing. 
But God placed them there in our hearts really to make us want that from him. Mm. But we try to fill it in all kinds of wrong ways. We'll attach our affections on, uh, oh, I get married, I'll be complete. And Mm. if I have children, I'll have a, I'll really make a name for myself as a Mm. good mother. Or Mm. if I have a career and we attach self-worth to our significance or our security Mm. in someone's love. Yeah. When they fall short, we... And then our self-worth goes down the tube. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it's such a wrong emphasis. Yeah. Anything that we have to have mm-hmm. uh, in order to have significance or purpose is an idol. Mm-hmm. If yeah. if you say even good things, when good things become ultimate things, mm-hmm. then you've got an idol that's taking God's place. Mm-hmm. That's totally true. Yeah. I was with a group of women two weekends ago, and this was a conversation we had, was yeah. that need for significance, to know that what you're doing is valuable and has an impact. And motherhood, yes, it does, but you don't get that feedback. No. Not not, <laughs> not no. immediately. No. And not, maybe don't. not even long term sometimes, So, but that, that longing is there. The and longing is so we throw it into the children and... They're not telling us thank you, and our husband's not appreciating, and so we're miserable, and we spiral. And yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And but if what do you think would be the only thing that can make us significant and give us self worth? God's God's love, right? God's love yeah. and God's purpose for us. Mm. So if we live to please God. If he becomes our idol. He, and if he <laughs> is the God we worship. Yes, right. Then no matter what happens, we can't go wrong. Mm. See? He won't disappoint. He will not disappoint us. That's why over and over Paul says, learn to live to please God. Learn to live. And, you know, if you do that, you're not always going to please everyone else. Ooh, that's a word right there. You know. And uh, and then you aren't affected by their disappointment. No. You you kind of expect it. Yeah. Yeah. Expect to disappoint people if yeah, you're pursuing you God's purpose. Every human relationship has the potential for disappointment. Mm. Every human relationship. Mm. That husband that you adore and think has made you, you know, just made you complete. You know, a few years down the road, he's <laughs> going to say, I don't love you anymore. Right. And so if you believe that and believe that no one loves you anymore, you can see what would happen to you. But when you have the love of Christ and the absolute assurance of his faithful keeping of you, then you're going to say, well, you have this under control. Mm. You are sovereign, Mm. and you know it's happening, and you're going to take me through it. I just think of all the women, and you've met them too, who have dad issues. Who've had the father's love that's failed. The father who left, the father who never gave them what they needed, who never loved them well enough, and they're stuck there. And they cannot conceptualize God's love because they cannot conceptualize the father's love. You're absolutely right. That's why I think the assault on fathers Mm -hmm. in this culture Mm. is 
so demonic. Mm, totally agree. Yeah, so demonic mm. because if you can, the model of God's love, if you can destroy that model, which is the only thing these kids have, yeah. <clears throat> then sometimes they are never able to transfer, realize that God is totally opposite. Yeah, it's yeah. unconditional. It, <clears throat> yeah, it's a very... Uh, you know, when you think of it, think how how uh, fathers are portrayed in TV. Oh, totally. That was exactly where my mind, my mind went. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. are all the dummies, and yeah. the wife is smart, and the kids run the household. That is so awful mm. and so opposite to Scripture. Yeah. And, of course, I believe that in the, how, in the home, the husband and the wife are equal in value. Yes. Equal in... Equally made in God's image, yes. equally uh, of worth of when he created them in the beginning, they were to be rulers of the earth, mm. king Co- and queen. Co-rulers, yeah. yes. 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 Uh, and uh, the fall changed all that when, when they sinned. It changed that. But God still gave them grace. Mm. But it wasn't so easy anymore because they were fallen creatures, you see. So a wife who supports her husband's leadership, encourages him, she still has authority. She has authority over the home, Mm. all of that authority. Mm. But there has to be a working together. They're a team. Mm. But they're not the same. And this is what the feminist movement has tried to say. There's no difference between them. But there's a lot of difference. A difference is I'm thankful for. Yes. I have four boys. I can see mm-hmm. differences even amongst my boys. Mm-hmm. Every person's different, but difference between them and the girls <clears throat> that we play with, there is a difference. There's a big difference. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of the biggest lies out there <laughs> that people yeah. swallow. I can't understand how anybody would even believe that. Yeah. But... Uh, we're both valuable and necessary. Yeah. Well, it's fighting for that significance. Yeah. It's going back to fighting for that significance. If I'm yeah. a woman and I've been told that I'm less significant yes. because I am a woman, uh-huh. I'm fighting for that significance. But if you believe the truth that you are significant in God's eyes, you are unconditionally loved. You don't have to fight for it. And the thing that in that command of women submit to your husband, there's also husbands love your wives as the church, which to me is. They have I think harder. Of, they have a bigger job. That's a harder job. <clears throat> There's one verse on submit in that Ephesians passage. Yeah. Five. But then there's about three verses for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> love, he's got a load. Love her as you love yourself. Mm. So, you yeah. know. And uh, as Christ died as for Christ the church. died, yeah. he gave himself up for it. Yeah. That's a big job. And I would submit to that man. <clears throat> You wouldn't even have to question it. No, no. If he loved me, I mean, which I do have an amazing husband, but yeah, I mean, still human. Yes. But in if in that setup, it's not hard to submit and oh, and it's not that Paul's calling women to submit to all men. Do you think in that passage he's submitting wives submit to your husband? Oh no, to your own husband. Yeah, and I think Uh, that's what confused women get up in arms. Yeah, over. I, I over remember projecting. speaking at a retreat in Austin several years ago, and the single women asked to see me. Mm. And they came early in the morning, and they said, 
do single women have to submit to to single men? Hmm. And I said, why are you asking that? And they said, well, the single men in our church say that we have to. Really? And I, <laughs> well, I, I don't mean, see that. Then, do you see that in I said, tell them that the price of submission is a wedding band. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. can you imagine the egos yeah. that would make that kind of, and, and people even believing it? I think it's a common, um, I think it's what causes women to rise up is that simple that misunderstanding. Yeah. yeah, And, and not and knowing the foundation of God's word. See, if you know God's word, then you can... You can deflect yeah. and correct. God's for women all over the Bible. Oh, if you read the Old Testament and you know culture, I was even, uh, there's a passage where if you conquer um, a, a village and you take all their women and children, it used to be, you know, in culture, yeah. you could just take that woman, even if you just killed her husband, she could be your wife. Yeah, yeah. And in God's law, he says, give her a week to grieve. Mm-hmm. Yep. If she, if you don't like her, you know, you do it respectfully, you know, it was so much more respect yeah. given to women than was of the culture. <clears throat> of the culture. It's yeah. true. And it seems mm-hmm. barbaric to us. But, but Jesus liberated women yeah. more than anybody. Yeah. That's why I hate to see churches that keep women kind of uh, second tier or third tier, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Women make up most about at least... Half, more than half of the constituency of the average church. Wow. And most of them have no voice, mm. no one representing them. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, so it's... Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's a good topic. I mean, huh? I think we could talk for days yes, on that yes, topic. Yes. yes. Okay, so what else do you have? Well, I've learned to be content mm. in every situation. Mm. And that is not something that comes naturally. No. Remember, Paul said, I have learned mm. to be content. I have learned to have adversity. I've learned in prosperity. But I have learned to be content because Jesus gives me the strength, mm. to whatever the situation is. Mm. So if you're... Always, and this ties in with what we said before, if you're always looking for the next thing to be content, well, you've made it an idol for one thing, but the big thing is you're not grateful. Mm. And contentment will come when you are grateful for everything. And the scripture has a lot to say about gratitude. I just read this morning about the 10 lepers and one came back, and Jesus said, where are the nine others, Mm. Mm. you know? Mm. But we should be grateful when we can wake up in a safe, warm, or cool house in a place where we have grass to look at and flowers. Mm. We have all these benefits and food to eat at every meal. There are people in the world that have one meal a day made of rice, you know, there's so much that we have, and we can, it, it'd be good to just make a, if you're the kind of person that has trouble being thankful, 
you just have so your many. Your heart goes more critical yes, than grateful. Right. Yeah. You should make a list of all the things yeah. that you can be thankful for. Yeah. Um, Is that Ann Voskamp's 1,000 Yeah. Years? Have you heard of that? I've heard of it, yeah, yes. And that's that, what she does. You know, the rainbow on a bubble when she's washing dishes. Yeah. You could say, oh, man, I'm so tired of washing the dishes. Yes. Yeah. Or you could see the rainbow on the bubble. Mm-hmm. Write that down. Yeah. 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 It does change your heart. I kept a list for a while. And it, Did you? It, makes, it almost turns your eyes. It opens your eyes. The eyes of your heart. Your, yeah. Your gratitude opens up. Whereas my critical eyes were on before. What's wrong in this situation? Why did you not pick up your socks? You know. Yeah. I can go into that mode. <laughs> Very easily. Yeah. It's the, of, it's the flesh. I'm, I'm so glad I have this little boy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And then I have a washing machine that will wash the socks. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I do think that if we learn to be great, Jesus, you know, Paul said, in everything give mm. thanks, mm. for this is the will of God wow. in Christ concerning you. So when you see people say, well, I just want God's will. But then when they see something like that, to be thankful, this is the will of God, they don't want to... <laughs> They don't want to be that thankful, see. Yeah. 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 And maybe if we we weren't thankful, we would see that we are in the midst of God's will. Exactly. That we don't have to wait for it. No. That it's here. It's here and now. And that, you know, he knows. I've been so impressed with God's sovereignty, Mm. that he is king and, and he is sovereign now, even with these awful things that are happening in the world, he's bringing us to the conclusion he has for humankind. Mm. And that's with Jesus returning Mm. and bringing a new heaven and a new earth. And Jesus said things were going to get worse. So why are we surprised? What else do you have for us? Well, this one isn't so pleasant. (laughs) Okay. But suffering is guaranteed in this life. Mm-hmm. We think of when we start have to go through something, uh, minor kinds of suffering or really tragic things, that, uh, well, why did this happen to me? I've uh, All the good things I've done and I've tried to be faithful, and mm-hmm. but that's looking at it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. We're guaranteed that we will suffer. Mm. And the reason is that suffering gets rid of sharp edges. Mm. It grows us. Mm. And I've heard often women or men who say, I didn't want this, but I wouldn't change what I've learned from it. Yeah. Yeah. On the other side of suffering, that's On the, the other story. side. Yeah. Well, that's why uh, in Second Corinthians 1, Paul makes a list of, of his uh, terrible suffering he'd gone through and refers to it. And then he said, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God Mm. who raises the dead. Mm. See, that God has to force us into a corner so that we turn to him alone, realizing there's no other solution. And then he does the delivering. Mm-hmm. I love what <clears throat> what the three young men in the fiery furnace, remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and, and Nebuchadnezzar says, what God can deliver you from my hand? And they say, 
Well, our God can deliver us, O King. But if he doesn't, Mm -hmm. we still will not worship your idol. Wow. The faith and the dedication. Yeah. Even if it meant their life. Even if it meant they would be burned up in the furnace. Because their soul is eternal. And we have it in our little groups. We always have the but if not prayer. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We ask for this because Jesus said ask. Mm. But if it's not his will then we're not going to get it, and we're not going to get mad at God because we want his will. And it's surrendering that, you know, he wants to know the longings of our heart, but surrendering the longings of our hearts in the midst of it. Yes, exactly. Is is another step of faith. It is. I mean, to think of, you know, to sit by the bed of a a terminally ill child and... Mm. And be able to say, I just want your will. That's not easy. That's hard. But it takes us a little step closer to uh, to God. Mm. Yeah, that's your recent story. Did you recently, you recently lost a yeah, son? Yeah, I lost a son, yeah. He was 61, mm. yeah. Um, and do, would you say that was... One of those suffering moments for you, or yeah, well, yes, in a sense, but uh, it's one of those things that I, I don't know how quite to put it. That he could have died several times when he was young, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And I had all these years, and. It's not like, oh, this is such a big surprise. He had several health issues that mm. that actually uh, I'm amazed that it didn't take him sooner. Mm. Yeah. So that's the that's the gratitude that's though the that grat- you're yeah. coloring the yeah. scenario. Yes. With. Yeah. 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 And that's and what gratitude. You know, yeah. It's uh, no. It's it's just one of those things. But there are. Other things which uh, I, I've seen over the years, really things which I say to myself, oh, God, I hope that never happens to me. You know, have you ever oh. felt that way about? Oh, yeah. yeah. My, my son had a teacher in first grade, and someone unfortunately told me before I met with her that she, her husband or her um she had five children, and four of them and her father died in a car accident. I was just going to talk about the Darby. The that Darby's. Was, that's one of those moments where you're like, and uh, she's still, well, you know, her faith is, Oh, she speaks, and it's as if the Holy Spirit is present. I mean, the Holy Spirit is present, but just her words are godly. Are anointed. They're anointed. Yes. It's the wisdom of God just flowing oh. out of her mouth, Scripture constantly out of her mouth. I remember being at that funeral, oh. and you saw the big casket mm. and then four small oh, caskets. Oh, no, I can't even stand it. Was it awful. I can't even stand and it. And yet, you know, God brought her through. And she's had, you know, multiple times of suffering mm. since, but I just, if mm. you see her face to face, she doesn't focus on the suffering. No, no. She glorifies God yes. constantly. And she... That would be about the biggest test you could ask for. I, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. And it was he, remarkable. Is he still God? He's yeah, still her he's God. Still, That's what she claims. Yeah, yeah. 
Why not? Did you catch that? She still claims that he is her God, and Vicky says, Why not? Why would we choose anything but faith in a God who is faithful and security in that? I love the imagery she gave of being safe in his hand, the sure foundation of his word, and knowing it. I hope there was one thing that her um, words encouraged you to do, whether it was to find a Bible study, whether it was to get in line with your husband to work as a team, whether it was to um, to pursue faith more fully, to recognize that hard things are going to happen, and that doesn't mean you're doing something wrong, but that God is with you and he will work through them. And on the other side of suffering, there's good things and not to let your pain be wasted. And if Vicky just whetted your appetite for more, here's a little clip, one of my favorite things that she taught us women. Here's a little clip from part two of our conversation. If you want to go look for that one. Listen to this. God's grace is sufficient. He tells us that. My grace is enough. That's the idea. My grace is enough for you, he said to Paul. And he said three times, take away this physical thorn. He said, my grace is enough. But it's only there when we need it. It's not when we imagine some awful thing's going to happen. If you spend your time thinking, you know, one of my kids, well, what would I do if one of my children died? Or what would I do if my husband died? Or what would I do if, when you read about the terrible things happening to other people, what would I do if that happened to me? But there's no grace for your imagination. That's the phrase I repeat whenever I'm counseling a gal who's stuck in a place of fear of the future or what the what ifs. There's no grace for your imagination. Whatever imagined reality you're fearful will happen. There isn't grace for that. But when you walk through what could be a hard thing, when circumstances do not seem right, which when they will, um, God's grace has walked me through hard things that I never thought I would ever be able to walk through. His grace is there for the reality that you're walking through in the moment. All right, so go check out that part two. I'm pretty sure it's around uh, episode 74. So go check that one out. Thanks, y'all, for sticking around for the summer of mentorship. Up next, uh, I'm going to have Bonnie Griner talking about an easier way. And I promise I'll be back in August with some fresh new interviews, uh, an amazing conversation with Lisa Harper, another conversation on eating disorders, a few other surprises, good things, all good things. All right. Enjoy your summer. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping Him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and He is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love 
and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.